Sri Damodar Janini by Shivaram Swami Epilogue Nestled together on a window ledge of the great hall sat the wise birds of Raja. They had observed the exchange between the king and his queen, Krishna's service to his father, and finally the royal family's departure into the dining hall. The court of King Nanda was now empty, and while that emptiness closed the curtains on the final scene of the Damodar Leela, it was but a momentary intermission before the beginning of another. Such are the ways of Raja. The birds have also tasted the bliss of Krishna's pastime, a bliss that could be tasted as much as by hearing as by seeing. They looked at each other silently, knowingly. They then took flight, one after another, well aware of their duty to spread the news of Damodar Leela to every corner of Raja. They would sing to trees, to animals, to humans, to anything that had ears to hear. Of the birds, Shuka had a special calling. As Shukadeva Goswami, he would travel beyond Raja, through the three worlds, and sing in choice verses the glories of Madhya Shoda's fame. After all, her exchanges with Damodar and the truths underlying them were only partially understood by those demigods who now returned to their abodes. What to speak of the mortals on this planet at present and in the future? How could any created being, even a Lord Brahma, understand? Never had they received the kind of mercy that was Mother Yashoda's daily fare. Where was that pure-hearted soul concerned for the welfare of all, skillful enough and realized enough to adequately praise the Queen of Raja? Even the greatest Vaishnava demigods could not do so, yet it was his duty to try, and try he would. Spreading his wings and taking flight over the treetops, Shuka's voice resounded with the kettle drums of Madhya Shoda's greatness. He sang, Nemam vrichyana bhavo nashrir apyanga samshaya prasadam libire gopi yathat prapya vimuktidat. Neither Lord Brahma, nor Lord Shiva, nor even the goddess of fortune, who is always the better half of the Supreme Lord, can obtain from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the deliverer from this material world, such mercy as received by Mother Yashoda. Sometime after Mother Yashoda's reconciliation with Nanda Maharaj, Balaram asked Krishna to go to the spot where the Arjuna trees had fallen. Balaram said, O brother, let us go to Mahavan and visit those fallen trees. Krishna replied, That's a good idea. Let us go there and play. Considering this proposal most agreeable, the boys cheered in unison, Let us go! Let us play! However, the village elders were not inclined to leave the boys to themselves. Some of them, with a few palace guards, accompanied the boys. Who could imagine what new adventure lay in wait for Krishna? When the Rajwasis arrived the nearby Yamuna shore, the Arjuna trees were still there where they had fallen. Having touched Krishna's body, their leaves and flowers had not wilted, and their branches remained supple. Although they could be a source of abundant firewood, the Rajvasis were undecided whether such sacred trees should be cut into pieces. 
and what if the purported spirit of the trees returned to harm the woodcutters? But the little gopas had no fear. They climbed atop the abandoned mortar, and from there to the fallen trees, boasting to Balaram of Krishna's amazing deeds. Look at what our Krishna has done. Once again, he's achieved the impossible. Afraid of his mother, Krishna dragged the mortar here. Then it got stuck in between the two trees, and our hero uprooted them. And from the trees came two celestial beings who worshipped Krishna. Such is our Damodar. As before, the elders would not believe the words of innocent children. They smiled good-naturedly, stroked their mustaches, and marveled at the boy's creative imagination. Who could believe that Krishna had transformed trees into devotees? He was wonderful, but he was just a boy. And even if Krishna were a demigod or Narayan himself, it still did not matter. Had he enacted feats that only God could perform, the love of the Rajwasis would still have remained unchanged. Like a mother who calls her blind son lotus-eyed, the Rajasis see Narayan Krishna as a gopa. Such was the influence and power of their love. By the childish ways and unparalleled sweetness, Krishna held not only his mother and father, but all the Rajvasis under his control. He brought delight to all residents of Gokula. And that delight was so contagious that he remained unaware of his unlimited powers, absorbed as he was in the conduct and mindset of an ordinary child. Krishna's pastimes were so extraordinary, so full of sweetness, so full of wonder, that they subdued him in a way that a snake charmer subdues a serpent. Sometimes it's said that Krishna displays transcendental pastimes. At other times it is said that the pastime potency engages the Lord. While speaking to Parikshamara, Shukadev Goswami praised both the Lord and his pastimes. Darshayam stadvidam loka atmano britta vasyatam vrajasyo svaha vaiharsham Bhagavan Bala Cheshtitai. Two pure devotees throughout the world who could understand his activities, the Supreme Personality of God at Krishna, exhibited how much he can be subdued by his devotees, his servants. In this way, he increased the pleasure of the Brajvasis by his childhood activities. But Krishna revealed his Damodar Lila in this world to benefit those devotees who have faith in his divinity and yet who do not know how he becomes subordinate to his servants. Practicing devotees sometimes worship Krishna without understanding that the goal of their sadhana is to awaken a spontaneous attachment to Krishna like that of the Rajvasis. The immediate message of the Vedas is that Krishna is a supreme controller. But the hidden, more eminent message of the Vedas is that Krishna is controlled by the Rajvasis. And his being is under their control, is not a pretense. It is his identity. He is the darling son of Yashoda. Being tied up by Mother Yashoda and dancing to the whim of the gopis, Krishna informs his devotees of the unparalleled supremacy of the Rajvasis. What is that supremacy? Their spontaneous love for him. A love that is free from the slightest hint of awe. A love that makes Krishna call the Rajvasis his people. And because of their special love for him, because they are his own family, he constantly keeps the Brajvasis 
in an ever-ascending spiral of ecstasy with his childhood pastimes. Among the people of Braja, Nanda Maharaj and Madhya Shoda are special, and of those two, Damodar's mother, Yashoda, is still more special. Once an ardent admirer of Mother Yashoda asked me to write a book that would glorify her. On this evening of Shivarati, may that order now be fulfilled.